1: Sport City, Sports City, Sports City, Sports City, Sports City, Sport City, Sports City, Sports City, Sports City, sport City, Sports City. Yes, Lord, we got a brand new present. Joe Biden, we riding, I pray you haven't seen it. Word from you, wise, my people stay ahead of. Come on. I've been relevant, trying to survive the elements. It ain't no love in these streets, these dudes telling it. Case goes from cold, to hot state heaven. Kaboom. Sports City chefs is in the room. Cooking up hot topics to put up on the spoon. they well in tune. Bloom like a flower in June. Superman verse MX Doom. The clouds loom. To tell a friend it's the Sports City chefs again. Pay attention, tune in. We on the set again. Sports City the kid. Ah.
2: What's going on, Sports City? It's your chef, Mike Harvey. i with you on a Tuesday night, our NFL free-for-all. Uh, real quick, i going do this by myself. Uh, Sirius is not able to host today, but I think he's going to be dropping in with us. But as always, alongside, we have the villain himself. What's up, Barry? How you doing, man? How are things in the Jordan world? Villain. Doing all right, man. I'm sitting here, uh, you know. Watch. It. I don't know why I'm watching
3: this uh, this election runoff. It's driving me crazy. But um, I'm here. You We're know, at it. We about to do some talk some sports. You know, I definitely wanted to talk a little college football too. But we can we mm-hmm, yeah, can sprinkle yeah. that in. C- Sirius is here though. I think he's in the building. So
2: serious, uh, there. Okay. So
3: representing.
0: You yeah, know what's man, going on.
2: As always, uh,
0: Sirius, What's up, Mr. Simmons? Gentlemen. How you doing? Yeah, no. Here's the deal, man. You know, I, 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 I can't be behind the controls. But at the end of the day, your boy's in the building. I couldn't miss the opportunity to, to, to kick it with you guys, man. It was it was, it was a crazy week of NFL action. Obviously, um, we ended up with a tie, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, but I definitely wanted to talk college football with you guys but I'm not the man in charge man y'all steer the ship just let me you know where to land
2: okay man so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna toss some stuff around and we'll we'll pass some thing uh, we'll pass some things around so we're gonna start with college football but real quick man before we get too far into this real quick shout out to PHI apparel man uh you can check them out at phiapparel.co got all kinds of cool uh Designs for uh, your Philly sports fans out there, man. So uh, if you're a yeah, Philly sports and, and, and fan or and you know somebody that is, Mike, real on? quick on that.
3: G- get to PHI Apparel. Use the promo code, Jeff. Get 15% off. They just released a new release today. I talked to the guys. I talked to Tyler uh, at PHI Apparel. They just released a Trey Turner shirt for all you Philly fans. Trey
2: Turner in the building of Philly. He's there. So go get your stuff, man Go get your stuff 11 years, $300 million, And he's going to really complete that lineup So uh, that's wow. a good move for the Phillies uh, and, yeah. and we're going to be talking about that On Thursday night At 9 o'clock Eastern Time An extra show this week, man For Chandler, myself And any of the other chefs That want to drop by uh, we're going to do a hot stove. There's been lots of signings just over the last couple of days and still maybe one big one coming up. Who knows? Maybe that'll get done by then. So we're going to do that on Thursday and then tomorrow the free for all. We're going to hit everything else. But I want to start uh, in the college football world. Uh, Barry, you and I agreed on something that a lot of people did not um, last week. Um, and so, I'm going to I'm going to start with you uh Barry and then I'll kick it to you Sirius, before I give uh my thoughts on this but we had a weekend of conference championship games uh the final four came out uh, ironically the two teams that were ranked 1 and 2 most of the year are now matched <laughs> up at 1 and 4 with Georgia playing Ohio State and on the other half of that bracket is TCU and Michigan so there's a couple things I want to hit college football but um Real quick to you, Barry, the playoff selection uh, has come out. We've got our bowl matchups and everything. So let me just get your initial thoughts on uh, on what you think um, as far as how this, this whole thing panned out, and uh, we'll go to Sirius after that.
3: I mean, I wasn't surprised um, just because, I mean, I think Sirius had said it too. We, I don't think we believed in uh, USC that much. Uh, defensively, I think offensively they're one of the best. I think Caleb Williams is going to be the Heisman this year, but off- offensively they can score on anybody. But they couldn't stop anybody. Um, really, this, not a disappointing game. But once Caleb got went down with the hamstring injury, which was really unfortunate, um, they couldn't they couldn't come back and give Utah credit. They played a really good game. They showed some heart, some grit, and, and they they really they really you know put it to them in the second half, but. Um, these are the four teams I think that that deserve to be there. Um, TCU, I don't think. I think the here's here's the argument that people are saying, and seriously probably say it too. A two loss Alabama is sexier than a one loss TCU. But TCU went to a conference championship, even though you don't like their conference, it's a power conference. Alabama didn't even make it to their conference championship. Alabama lost two games. TCU lost one. I think you got to give TCU. I think their regular season, um, it, it, they, it's not that they have better wins than Alabama. Alabama doesn't have a quality win that they can hang their hat on. And TCU beat Kansas State, who just won the Big Ten, Big Ten, uh, Big Twelve uh, Championship. Right. So from that methodology, TCU gets in, um, but nobody's surprised. Michigan uh, dominant second half gets the win. Uh, Georgia, best team in college football, in my opinion. I, I just don't see anybody that can really beat them unless they stumble um, in the playoffs. But I think TCU, they have a better resume um, than Alabama just because they went to the conference championship and they beat K-State
2: during the regular season. All right. All right. Um, and we kind of hinted at this. Maybe a one-loss TCU team could still get in. Uh, so – Before I share some thoughts right there, and I want to uh, transition to one other piece on this, but I'm going to come to you next. Uh, Mr. Simmons, man, what are your thoughts uh, on the 14 playoff, how things shook out, and and what you kind of
0: expect? You know, honestly, at the end of the day, um, I'm a little shocked um, that the committee didn't find a way to back Alabama into the college football playoff. You know, I've I, I kinda of beat the drum uh, publicly as well as privately as to my reasons as to why. Now this is no you know no, no shade to T C U or anybody else. I, I just understand how the committee tends to lean more of the SEC direction. Um, and again if you look at the 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 losses in totality you know, Alabama has two losses by a total of four points on the road. Um, you know, and so at the end of the day, did they lose? Um, didn't look good versus Texas. Case can be made. PCU beat Texas like they stole something. I get it. Um, you know, would they, you know, did, did did they not make it to, a you know, a, a, a playoff or not a conference championship? You know, no they didn't, but neither did Ohio State, but they have one loss, so we can't use that metric at the end of the Um, I think honestly, <clears throat> I'm shocked that TCU didn't move with the loss. I think if anything, that's the thing that kind of surprised me because it came down to in my opinion, T C U versus Ohio State, and if you look at Ohio State strength of schedule. You look at how Ohio State has looked all year long. You times that by the fact that you know the one loss. um, You know both teams have one loss. I would I would have thought that they would have moved TCU down and moved Ohio State into the three seed. If you want to get you know if if you're hell bent on those being your four teams, you know I don't know how you would put TCU above. Ohio State, even though they lost in the, the conference, the conference championship. So, um, I think it's going to be an interesting playoff. I think that obviously Georgia playing Ohio State is going to be one that everybody's going to kind of keep their eye on. I'm going to say my soliloquy about these particular games until later on in the year, I'm sure. We'll talk about it, but I'm going to say this: if I'm a Georgia fan. I don't look past Ohio State. The one no, thing no, that
2: no.
0: the one thing that you don't want to see is a team that just got embarrassed in front of friends, family, and the world, and Ohio State got beat like they stole something. Um, and I think that they're going to have something to stand by. Let's keep in mind this Georgia team allowed your LSU Tigers to run up 400 plus yards of total offense on them. And Kirby Smart, you know, went out and said that, you know, we're going to get it right, we're going to get it 50, you know, taking some, you know, team members and some coaches to task, if you will, because the defense wasn't up to snuff. Um I, I think Ryan Day and company are going to pay attention to that. I think they're going to be able to get some guys back healthy. I think they're going to be able to throw the football, regardless of whether in Jibba and there. He did declare for the draft, so he's not going to be there, which is something I think we may need to talk about as well because I think that's a mistake on his part. But at the end of the day, this game is going to be a lot closer than people think, and I do think that TCU is going to be able to hang with Georgia. So I, I, I think it's going to be two big games, but obviously we're all going to 0-1 on that Ohio State-Georgia
2: game. But we'll talk about that in, in depth later on uh, before the game's played again in this month. All right, call in number 929-477-2759. Uh, the Villain, serious, and myself here with you for the next, uh, I don't know, 15 minutes or so. I'm not sure if we're doing uh, 47 minutes or so. I'm not sure if we're doing 60 or 90 tonight. We'll see kind of where we go on everything. Um but I'm going to hit my uh, my thoughts on this. Uh, I, I got a couple of things. Hey, Barry and I tried to tell you guys last week that um, we did not think, especially when they put Alabama behind Ohio State, we thought a one-loss TCU team could still get in. Um, this is actually one of those years, and you're not going to see it every time, but this is one of those years in which, quite honestly, if the committee had put Georgia and Michigan for the national championship and it would have been those two, I don't know that I would have been mad at it because everybody else had their chances to grab those spots and did not. Right. Um, That being said, uh, I also wonder Hendon Hooker doesn't go down with Tennessee and they're not losing their starting quarterback. uh, If that becomes an even more of a discussion with them having beat Alabama um, earlier in the year. Now I know that South Carolina loss looks really bad for them. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. What I will tell you is from everything I've seen, uh, you know, there there's been talk about the regular season uh being rendered meaningless when they go to twelve teams, but one thing that is not going to be meaningless is winning your conference championship. Um, and I say that because from everything that uh I've read about the way the four team playoff is go I mean the twelve team playoff is going to fall basically what would happen is the top four of the Power uh, Five conference champions would get the number, would get the buys. So if we were in the 12-team format this year, you'd be looking at Georgia, Michigan, Mm -hmm. and then your other two buys would actually go to Clemson, and to Utah because you are the head of Kansas State. So those would, would have been your four by teams, uh in and then, in and then what's gonna be our new twelve team format and then you would start uh seeding five down so you would have you know TCU would be the five seed and that would match up uh I, I guess that would put uh Alabama as the six and so on. So uh that's how that would fall if they were to uh, end up going with that. Actually, no. The five seed would have probably still been Kansas State, who would have been the other
1: uh, yeah, uh, conference Kansas champion. Five
2: yeah. Yep. I, so, I, I, yeah, I think what what happens is they put the Power Five conference, the champions w- would get the highest uh, seeds, and then you go on down. So, uh, Clemson and Utah would have joined Georgia and Michigan with buys in the twelve team format, and then. Mm-hmm. We would have lined them up. That would have made it huge, though, because even if Georgia is a lock for the playoffs, you know, if LSU had beaten them, um, that would have knocked them down to a five seed, right, and knocked them out of that, uh, and knocked them out of a spot where they could have gotten a bye. So uh, that is something to keep in mind, that conference championship is going to be maybe in some ways you could argue uh, even more important when you look at this right now and you see two of the four teams – they got in the playoffs uh did not win their conference and one of them didn't even play for a championship a uh for their conference championship so uh that's kind of an interesting layout for that i listen the one time that ohio state was the 4 seed in this thing it was the very first time through right uh the very first playoff we had and they had uh cardell jones the older uh who ended up not making it in the pros but got a got a drink of co- uh got a coffee there um, and they had Zeke and Michael Thomas, and they went crazy on Alabama uh, to get to the national championship game and beat Oregon, who had upset Florida State. So uh, that was the uh, Marcus Mariota-led uh, Oregon team that beat Jameis Winston and Florida State in the other semifinals. So, listen,
3: this
0: Thank, is Thanks a, for
2: reminding me of that. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. This, this, well, you won a national title <laughs> the year before. So um, I know. this is a – but this is – sh- sh- this is a very dangerous matchup for Georgia, and you could argue that maybe, Ohio, at least passing-wise, Ohio State is the most, uh, you know, explosive team out there. if they're the football in, in a lot of ways, uh, minus USC. Well, poor Caleb Williams, man. Like you said, when that hamstring went down, he was in trouble. And that team just didn't have the same pop. We did talk about USC not being very good defensively. Now they get to go play two lanes, so have fun with that. Um, the other BCS bowl games really quickly. I mean, the major bowls. Tennessee gets Clemson. Um, Alabama I think is getting drawing Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl, um, and then I mentioned that uh, USC Tulane matchup. And then there's one more. We
0: got Utah.
2: Yeah, in Utah is playing Penn State in the uh, yep. in the Rose Bowl. So. And Penn State would have been a uh, Penn State would have been a playoff team in the 12 team format probably. So uh, uh,
1: I, ain't, I
2: ain't talking about it right now sir. It it'll be uh it'll be <laughs> interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. I will say this though, real quick on Penn State just to uh just to throw a bone there. Next year should be Penn State's year. Right? Like this is uh I think everything is lining up for Penn State to really push uh next year to contend for a big team title. So we'll see you know, how that, that pans out. So, at the end of the day, uh, despite him trying to lobby and everything else on Saturday night and into the morning on Sunday, uh, Nick Saban's team is left out. We'll see what kind of performance they take to the Sugar Bowl against Kansas State. But the committee... Uh... Ooh, okay. Taiwan Walker to the um, So. Yeah, I just saw that. <laughs> I didn't want to yeah, so... Anyway, we have... Uh... At the end of the day, it lined up uh the way kind of we we thought it would I, I hate to kind of see as many teams sort of back into this playoff, but we got four teams and and this is what our national championship looks like and it, it's interesting I will say this i was I was preparing to write something uh before u s c lost, and it was going to basically say that u s c can get over their uh their resentment of l s u from being excluded in two thousand and three because l s u kind of uh I've helped them uh, this year uh, Get into this thing uh, But then once it came time And they just had to win one more game To close the show uh, They stubbed their toe So uh, no USC And uh, Lincoln Riley and his uh, offense Will, you know, if the quarterback's healthy Will put up a show You know, against Tulane, we'll see So, I mean, that's kind of a lose-lose situation Or scenario for For USC two gets to come into that game and play with house money, but nothing to lose. So, we'll see how that shakes out. So that does college football for right now. As as you said, as the playoffs are coming closer, I'm sure we'll delve into these matchups and get into this a little bit more. Uh, I'm going to save my uh, my my topic or my team's woes uh, for the very end, but I want to get into some NFL football. There's a few other game, few games that I would like to hit. Um, but before I hit the highlight games or the feature games that come out, uh, we're going to start with my guys' teams here, uh, let you speak on your teams, and then uh, other, pe- other people can follow up with comments. So uh, let's start with the New York football giants. And Villain, let me hear your thoughts, and Sirius will come to you uh, after that. So you guys hooked up with the commanders this weekend, and uh, your thoughts on that game or, uh just anything you want to say or get off your chest right now, sir.
3: Guys just don't have enough talent. Um, they don't have enough talent on offense. Um, they got Saquon. They got Saquon. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they don't have a receiver that you can throw the ball to on the outside that can make a play. I mean, they have some okay receivers, but, I mean, a critical drop, which is the norm for uh, Darius Slayton, um, you know, a guy that really wasn't going to be on the team, and now he's counted to be your number one receiver <laughs> A big play that probably really could have won the game for them. The defense really played well. Um, you know the Giants' defense played well, but they got gassed in the fourth quarter, and, and Heineke was able to move the ball in them. But they made plays when they had to to get stops and get off the field and keep this keep them at twenty points. But the Giants couldn't uh, come up with a play. I mean, a lot of people on Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw it, Sirius or Mike, that um, before they spiked the ball near the end of the overtime that the guy was offside um, and, and that he had um, stopped uh, Richie James from actually, you know, getting up and putting the ball down. Um, could have got five yards out of that. But if you're looking for that to win you a game, I mean, what are we talking about here? So um, honestly, at the end of the day, it, it's really that fact that the Giants just don't have enough talent on the outside to make plays. And when they when they have to come from behind, Against better quality opponents, they really can't do it. They just don't have the playmakers to do it. So, but um, Heineke, he looked okay. Kind of skittish to me. Um, you know, he can, he he has a moxie. He can make plays, but like he's not going to win. He's not going to win you like you know playoff games when it really counts. Like you know, like I said, you know he's not overrated, but he is what he is. He's a he's an okay quarterback. You know, so um, we'll see him again in two weeks,
2: and, and that's about it. Uh, Sirius, before we go to your team, do you have anything you want to add on the Giants-Commanders
0: game? So, a, a couple of things. I, obviously, I, I live here in the Metro, and um, I do a lot of, of scouting and looking at uh, the division, uh, the, the, the NFC East. And here's a couple of things. First and foremost, even without a legitimate receiver, the Giants should win that ballgame. And I think that at times, the New York Giants sort of imploded on themselves. Um, I I, I can recall a a third down play in overtime where Saquon and the receiver ran into each other and Daniel Jones didn't know who was getting the ball. You know, I can recall a, a time when, you know, Thibodeau blitzes off the corner and Heineken, he just miraculously holds on to the football. That should have been a sack fumble. You know, nine times out of ten, that's a sack fumble. You know, whether the commander's recovered that or not is still up for debate. Um, I saw a lot of bad tackling on both sides of the football. Um, The touchdown that tied it to Jahan Dawson, if the cornerback puts his pads where he needs to put his pads and doesn't try to arm tackle him. You know, Jahan Dotson doesn't spin out of there and get to the end zone. Um, so I'm going to be very curious to see how these teams play in two weeks. Fun fact, I'll be there <laughs> working the game, so I'll, I'll be there front row center on the field watching the whole damn thing. But um, that game got flexed into a Sunday night affair, so the world's going to see it. Um, it's going to mention see how pans out. I, I honestly believe that, the New York Giants lost it as opposed to the Washington Commanders coming back and tying it. I think well, I think the, I think the Giants made more plays than just to make the ones to, to to tip the scale in their favor. Um, I felt as though when the Commanders were up ten nothing and the Giants fought all the way back and took the lead, I felt the momentum was on their on their side. Um, but for whatever reason, you know maybe it's due to Barry's you know, lack of playmakers outside of Saquon or maybe the Commanders, you know, like, you know, Taylor Heineke in there. And, you know, he's never going to be the guy who can take a bull by the horns and and, and run away with victories. I mean, the Giants and Commanders both have played in these one-score games all year long, you know. So when you, when you live by the three, you die by the three, or you tie by the three. And I think that's essentially
2: what could place there. I, I felt until the Giants could have won that ball game and just for whatever reason, didn't do it. All right. So I kind of thought the same on that. I just think that you left something on the left, – left meat on the bone. Um, that's a recurring theme for our teams uh, this week, Barry. Whew, I'm, I can't do that yet. Uh, so uh, before I <laughs> – Before we go uh, to the western part of Pennsylvania and talk about the Steelers and what they did, I want to stay on the east side of Pennsylvania for a second. The Tennessee Titans uh, go into Philadelphia. You know, listen, Philly ran the ball over the place last week, and people are like, well, that's nice as long as they can run the ball. Uh, Jalen Hurts is making a few more plays uh, In the passing game But if they can run the ball They're great So this week Philly said Okay, that's what you want to do Let's show you this Jalen Hurts with 380 plus yards um, A fantastic game Throwing the ball uh, Listen, to A.J. Brown Devontae Smith got You know, both uh, Played really, really well um, In this game And The the two that They played Kansas City well A couple weeks before that but they got embarrassed by Buffalo in Week Two. They got embarrassed here, uh, and now uh, news haven't come down today. So good on the field, on the Eagles for bouncing back after kind of looking like they sort of skated by uh, a little bit in previous weeks. Um, but you know, Mike Vrabel comes out last spring and makes the comment that AJ Brown's not going to be traded as long as he's the head coach. Well. The general manager, John Robinson, makes the trade. And, you know, it's interesting because this Tennessee team has not had a losing season since 2016. But if you look at that team now, they are now closer to needing a rebuild than they are being a Super Bowl contender. Uh, They've had a couple bad draft classes in a row. That offensive line, you let enough people walk. That now they're not even as effective, uh, paving the way for Derrick Henry anymore. And so Amy Adams, the daughter of the late Bud Adams, doesn't really come out and speak very often. Uh, but when she does, it's uh, pretty earth shattering for that organization. And John Robinson, the general manager of the Tennessee Titans, was fired today, mid season. Uh, this is a seven and five team that's on track to win the South and the AFC South and make the playoffs. But uh, she's had enough. A change is necessary and there's been times with this organization that it almost seemed like with coach and general manager that the left didn't know what the right was doing you look at certain free agent signings uh, and picks and the coaches still end up preferring uh, other guys or playing other guys over some of the people that the general manager brings in so that shake-up happened today in the Titans organization and we'll see what happens from there or you know, who they hire, how they go about um, making these changes on this roster. So, before we go to our next subject, I'm going to come to you first on this one, Sirius. Any thoughts on that as far as the performance by the Philadelphia Eagles or, um, you know, what we saw from the Tennessee Titans or the change that happened in that organization today? I'll, I'll kind of leave it open and let you go whenever you want to on that.
0: You know, man, I I, I saw – you know, uh, a TikTok, and I think i shared sharing it with these gentlemen, about how Mike Vrabel responded on draft day when A.J. Brown what was traded. I um, mean, he has made no qualms about his desire to not have that place. Um Obviously, somebody above his pay grade made, made the call. And, and subsequently, this past Sunday, A.J. Brown went bonkers. You know, and the thing that kind of, for me, kind of drove the nail in the coffin for the general manager was AJ Brown post game where he repeated numerous times that he wanted to retire a Tennessee Titan. That's what his, that's what his desire was. He wanted to retire a Tennessee Titan, and you let that type of talent. Out the building when he has forever beat the drum of wanting to be there. He was not a malcontent. He wasn't a problem off the field. Um, none of the quote unquote issues that would cause a, a team to part ways with a talented uh, a talented player. But the fact that you have. A, a winning franchise. You've been in the playoffs six out of the last seven years. You've got arguably one of the greatest running backs um, in today's game and Derrick Henry. You go out and you draft, uh, you know, pretty well. You bring in a Traylon Burks who, you know, for all intents and purposes, could be the Batman to A.J. Brown Robin. You go out and you draft yourself a project quarterback um and the guy from Liberty who can, you know, potentially be the Lamar Jackson two if you will. Um and you set yourself up but yet you miss this badly on such a a, a free agent talent. Um this is a what have you done for me lately business and as state what have it <coughs> AJ Brown went to work. He dropped two on your Mata um, and was hugging and kissing on Mike Vrabel before and post-game and then, you know, essentially gave the middle finger to the GM um, in the post-game interview, you had to go, bro. It, it doesn't shock me. It's it, it, it being um, – it, this move doesn't shock me. Um, and it is what it.
2: Real quick, uh, before I give it to you, Barry, and to, uh what you got on this, uh, the interesting thing to me is, so Nashville is not a bad place to play. Nashville is a pretty cool city. You don't have any state sales tax. So there are some perks for playing in Tennessee. But A.J. Brown mm-hmm. is a, a local guy. Like, he's from North Mississippi. He's from Starkville, Mississippi, where Mississippi State is. He played his college ball at Ole Miss. And so the the local team – For him distance it's about the same Distance but it's either the Falcons or the Titans that is uh, a local Team to that area that's still Close enough where family can even drive up You know to see your man play uh, If they want to Um, And so if you Draft talent like that that want to stay there That you have to cultivate that when you're a smaller market team like the Tennessee Titans. You're not, you know, you don't have the bright lights of New York or California to recruit these guys or the bright star that is the Dallas Cowboys or whatever. And so you have to – if you have guys that want to stay there, you have to. It's interesting, though, because I think he just outright lied from everything that I can tell because he tried to say mm-hmm. towards the end that A.J. Brown cut off contact didn't respond to anything, and just said he wanted to be traded. Uh, but you listen to what comes out from A.J. Brown's side of things. It's a completely different story. I'm not shocked by the move, maybe a little bit with the timing in the middle of the season. Barry, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, the draft
3: day fiasco <clears throat> was in uh, in the news that they were trying to get that deal worked out, um, that trade contingent on uh, um, extension. It was It was a disaster. Um, even though they're seven and five, like you guys articulated, I mean the the fact is that okay, you made you've been here seven years, you made seven first round draft picks, only two are on the roster. That's a problem. That's why Gettleman isn't in New York, and that's why you're you're, you're seeing Robinson have to, have to move on, even after he signed that extension in February, right? Um, him and Ravel. Um, I thought Bravel was gonna was gonna go with him, or you know, Bravel's on a very you know, tight leash now because of this. I think there's a difference in philosophy. I think Vrabel can keep his job. I think there's a difference in philosophy from the um, the principal owner of the Titans, um, excuse me, um, uh, you know, Amy Adams and Robinson. Um, But at the end of the day, his track record isn't very good. He doesn't have a lot of pro bowlers. Um, He he brought in three pro bowlers um, from free agency. One is Tannehill, and one's like DeMarco Murray, who's not even in the league anymore. Um, It's just a talented roster that just got less and less talented as the year's going on, and then you trade away uh, one of the better receivers in the league. Thank you for trading the Philly because he is dominating my fantasy team. But I I digress. I mean, listen, I like the kid – with the rookie Burks, right? Is his name Tra um Burks yeah, but, Traylon, um, Burk, yeah. Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks. Yeah, Traylon Burks. I didn't want to butcher his name, I'm sorry. But I mean, honestly, outside of that, I mean you, you you didn't do enough to replace the offensive output that you had in Julio and Brown. That you brought in Julio to to bring in, you know, to bring some firepower. And the fact that I don't think they've ever really believed in their quarterback
2: is why you know robinson is, is looking for a job right now 929-477-2759 we're with you for the next 25 minutes or so or a little more depending uh so welcome to call in and uh chop it up with us we got a few more things to serve up the other thing that i will say uh on this i actually think that the leash is a little bit loosened on mike brabel um, and the reason mm-hmm. why I would say that is because you've, you've had two subpar draft classes in a row. The talent level has dropped significantly on this roster compared to what it mm-hmm. was. This Titans team of 2022 is not nearly as good as the, say, the 2020 version of the Tennessee Titans, right? Yep. And so when, when I look at that, um, you look and you say, okay, well, how is this team still continuing? It's because they have a hell of a coach um, and they have a good system in place. But coaching and whatever, is kind of helping prop this team up and helping this team sustain success. This team is not nearly as talented as it was a couple of years ago, and they're still contending for a division title and going to be in the playoffs. Eventually, you're going to have to see
1: some
2: results. Yeah, hold on. Let me get this last sentence off. Eventually, you're going to have to see some results, but the talent level is not the same on this roster. You've let a lot of key pieces go. Go ahead.
0: I think the biggest issue with the Tennessee Titans is not so much that Mike Rabel is a good coach. They just play in a pitiful division. So this is essentially, in my opinion, no disrespect to the New England Patriots and TB 12 We'll talk about him in a minute, unfortunately. But when you have no contenders, when all you got to do is essentially show up and not throw up on yourself, and you're guaranteed two, four, six wins, all you got to do is stub your toes and play halfway decent football the rest of the year, and you get a division title if you're the Tennessee Titans. So this is not to say that they're a bad football team or that Mike Braybill is a bad coach. I do think that the Tennessee Titans are, are honestly benefiting from the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars can't get themselves together. The Houston Texans are the Houston Texans. Um, And the Indianapolis Colts decided to, you know, be the Indianapolis Colts. You know, just in the same way that the Miami Dolphins were the Miami Dolphins, the Bills were the Bills and the Jets. Well, they they were the Jets. And, you know, Tom Brady just had a cakewalk through, you know, the division of the year. And, you know, here here we sit. So I I, I tend to temper my expectations about that when especially they, they, they play in, arguably, the weakest division of football. And they have been for quite some time.
2: I, I agree with you. I think that John Robinson, uh, the, the NFC South is pretty bad for this year. Uh, but John Robinson uh, definitely has not made Vrabel's job any easier. You look at uh, key linemen that have now gone on and are doing pretty well in other places. This team has, has really dropped the ball in some of these key pieces and not done a good job of continuing to transition this roster. So I, I do think there's a need for a change. I'm a little surprised that it came during the season. And I'm not saying that eventually uh, eyes don't start pointing in Vrabel's direction, but, you know, you just pointed out, Barry, these guys both signed extensions in February. They came out and said that, oh, we're looking forward to these two men leading this football team for years to come. Well, now you only got one of the two, so uh, we'll see how that continues to pan out. But I digress. We're going to swap sides of the state um, and talk about – the other team in uh, Pennsylvania because that team is near and dear to the heart of uh, one of the chefs here in the building this evening. So I'm going to step back and uh, I know you might be doing, I don't know if you're doing a finger food this week series or whatever, so maybe not to spoil any of that content. Uh, But you guys did play uh, this past Sunday, so your thoughts on uh, your Steelers uh, this past weekend.
0: You know, the thing is I I was very, very uh, glad that we got the win, but I'm going to beat the drum about this until i see this happen. Um, we need an office of coordinator with competency. You know, the, the biggest issue that I have with, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, besides the fact that, um, you know, we dug ourselves a big-ass hole and was, you know, trying to fight the call out of it, is the fact that we can't seem to scheme any guys open. You know, so Matt Canada, again, if you listen to my finger food, if you listen to me at any type of length this year or the past two years, um, Matt Canada is a massive issue for me. Now, another thing that I I, I love was the fact that we didn't really blink. uh, The the smoke got kind of high, if you will. You know, the, the Atlanta Falcons made themselves, you know, a run. You know, we, we settled, you know, for field goals when we should have been able to score touchdowns. Uh we had some key drops in some critical areas. We had some you know, very, very, very penalized, especially in weighty moments, if you will. Um, but I I, I, I wanna tip my cap uh to my punter Percy Harvin the third from from them. Um, and we managed to get out of the stadium, a very emotional stadium, if you will, with the win. One of the things that um, I'm not too sure you gentlemen knew, but Ironman Hayward um, played for the Atlanta Falcons.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We, have
0: his, we have both his sons on our roster. And the fact you, that how do I know, you know where Hayward
2: played before he went to the Falcons?
0: I know, I know, I know. Uh, come I on. Know. <laughs> I know. But, you know, the the, the 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 fact that Killer Cam's baby brother caught the only touchdown that we scored in that particular game, uh it, it brought a tear to my eye a little bit, you know, and so um we got a tough one this week against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, it doesn't matter who um, playing who's in helmet, who's in uniform, those games are always a, a, a war um, because we know them, they know us, we hate them, they hate us. Um, so it's, it's going to be fun to watch. But, you know, on Atlanta, uh, we got some things to clean up, man. You know, we're, we're, we're renting dead, you know, in, in the bottom um, uh, against the pass, and the Atlanta Falcons, especially in that second half, were able to run the football um and, and and made things very very tight they were falling forward we were not playing gap assignment football i can keep going but um uh, we got some other stuff to talk about so I, I, I i'll stop there but i was very very glad we got out of that stadium with a win i uh, was much needed and we put ourselves uh back in the conversation for playoff contention in the afc which is all i care about now
2: so uh at least you don't have dennis dixon playing quarterback for you uh next weekend against the ravens uh so um uh... Barry, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears after uh you get comments. So do you have anything you wanna add on the Steelers Falcons game before I uh move to the next topic? Uh no offense, no
3: I didn't watch the game so I don't wanna try to lie about it. But I mean listen, um Steelers gonna win. Um <laughs> you know, Mike Tomlin just wins, right? He, I, I I caught a little bit of the highlights. He just wins. He he, he gets the most out of his team. Uh it's good to have uh, Wattback and Company. Um, I, I I think. Seriously, are you coming around on Pickett? Yes or no? I mean, you're gonna have to go into it, but I mean, are you coming around on the kids?
0: Um, you know, it, it's funny you mentioned that. I, again, for for the second time, I, I keep it short. Uh, yeah. I, I, I you know uh, I am. Um, I, he's got something. Yeah, he's got
3: something. He's got it. Yeah, he's got a little moxie he, to him. He
0: he he doesn't blink. He he he, yeah. he doesn't yeah. blink. And the thing I love about him, um, especially if you look back, not so much to this particular game here, but if you look back to the Monday night game when we were down and had to come back to win that ball game, he made some significant throws and some weighty moments. Um, that really had me you know, giving him the golf clap, if you will. Um, I do think that he needs to play like he's playing now. He hasn't turned the ball over in almost six weeks. Um, So he, he, he's protecting the football. I do want to see him take more shots on the field, but that has a lot to do with, again, coaching and, you know, my offensive coordinator being a cornball. But Kenny Pickett is, is, is starting to grow on me, man. It's starting to grow on me. All right,
2: so a couple of things that I want to say, Matt Canada. I've never been impressed with him. He came to um, he came to LSU for a year that didn't really work out with Ed Ogeron. A lot of eye candy, a lot of flash, but no substance really uh, when it comes to that offense. They were running jet sweeps and things like that. Um, you know, he had like Russell Gage and DJ Chark and those guys um, at LSU, uh, but he was not a guy that really jived with Ed Ogeron. So he got ran off after a year. Uh, I've never been a huge Matt Canada guy, and I'm surprised uh, that he has found himself getting a, getting hired as an offensive coordinator um, at this level. So uh, I would not be surprised if his stint is up pretty quick. Uh, real quick, before I talk about my team, because i got to go in on that, you guys knew it was coming tonight. Um, Shout-out to the big homie, uh, TP Timeless. Man, uh, you know, the head chef, if it wasn't for him I wouldn't be here. And, you know, he's kind of the 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 head of all this man and you know, his team played well this past Sunday. They did not pump the ball one time, so shout out to uh the Detroit Lions trying to bounce back and uh, and play some good football and, and get back into the uh the playoff discussion in the N F C. And then for uh you guys both, Kennedy Cats, man, uh Don Donovan Mitchell's having a good game, uh tonight really going off in the fourth quarter for the Cavaliers. Uh and they're gonna beat the Lakers tonight. So um and that Lakers team's playing a little bit better. So that's actually uh, a more noteworthy achievement than it would have been even a couple of weeks ago. So but shout out to uh that Connecticut man. He's had a really big fourth quarter uh in Cleveland tonight. So there you go. Uh Barry, you, you can't say that I'm not giving your state a little bit of love. Um, so You got number get number five my- in the country. Got to get that out of my system right now because um, my next few uh, my next few statements are not going to have a whole lot of love in them. Listen, I love my football team. I love my Saints, ride or die. This team found every way possible to give this game away and lose this game last night. They're up sixteen to three in the second half of the fourth quarter, up two possessions. First of all. You had a spot earlier in the quarter when it was 10-3 that you had a guy jump offside when you were right down inside like the three-yard line. You end up settling for a field goal. That makes a difference, right? Now, we had a lot of things just absolutely go wrong. Uh, Mark Ingram, the second, who came back in, was banged up. They tried to say, well, he's so injured he had to run out of bounds. When Devin White was coming up to him, uh, so first of all, you, you need one more yard. You move the sticks there. You can um, bleed most of the clock. Then Andy Dalton. I don't know, like what in the world got into this guy? That he thinks he's Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes all of a sudden. There's a third and one play. Uh, the tight end's wide open. It's a little quick hitch. It's like three yards, Andy Dalton. You probably could make that throw in third grade. But you decide to try to like hit a home run ball against and go to Marquez Calloway, who hasn't really been active in two or three weeks, but you're going to take that shot on him. And then you, you miss the throw like not even close. There's no way he can get his hands on the ball. Uh, so uh, those are just a couple of things. There was a, a really bad missed call there on a, uh, on a holding play by, uh, by, by Tampa that was completely missed on a drive. But, the, you know, at the end of the day, people are going to look at it and say, oh, it's a comeback win for Brady. He's done it again. You gave him the ball at the end of the game. You know, he came back and won that game. Uh, the Saints gift-wrapped that five, six, seven different times in the last three minutes of that game. Uh, they gave that game away. To me, this game right here, Is as big of an indictment on Dennis Allen and that coaching staff as any other game that they've played this season. This game would have got them back to five and eight, a half a game off the lead going into the bye week. Um, And, listen, they had this game in the back. They should have beat this team. Cam Jordan's frustrated. He comes back and says, that S hurts, man. Uh, Mark Ingram apologizes to everybody, even on social media, apologizing for not getting this team the, the first down and moving the sticks. That doesn't do you a lot of good later on. I mean, this is an undisciplined football team. This is a team that all they had to do was find a way to close the show. You know, we talked about, by contrast, we talked about the Giants and Brian Dable and what he's been able to do with that team. And they, they have been able to win games that maybe last year they wouldn't have and eke out close wins. That is not what this team was able to do last night. This game was there for the taking for them when they absolutely had to have it and they didn't. And this Saints franchise, just to further underscore, is that one year you're going to suck, you don't have your first round draft. So um, this is as disappointing of a regular season loss as I can remember, probably since the Saints lost that game to the – the Vikings in the regular season several years back when the guy missed the extra point it would have made it uh, at least uh, got him in the overtime or whatever. Uh, this is uh this has been a really bad year. And the, the, the thing is, is there's still a ton of talent on that roster. You held Tampa to three points uh, into the last five minutes of that game. So there's still a ton. Of, there's still talent on this roster as I've been saying all year, but I just think the the leadership um, and the direction being provided for this football team is not very good. I, you know they're gonna look at this at the end of the day and say that Dennis Allen didn't get a fair shake because of injuries and everything else. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, oof, th- this was ugly, bro, and it was very, uh, it was very, very hard to swallow, and it was, it was a poor performance. Uh, to be put out in front of a national audience on Monday night for the Saints. Um, I want to hit a couple of other things uh, before we close up in the next ten minutes, but I'm going to open the floor uh, to you, series uh, first, and then Barry uh, to follow if you guys have any comments or any follow up on this on this thing You know, he hurt hurt the here's the deal. Here's the deal. I,
0: I, I I'm not going to kick a man while he's down. You know, I I like you. I I don't like Barry, so I'm going to drag Barry. But for the sake of time, um,
1: <laughs>
0: for the sake of time, here's the thing. I don't think Dennis Allen should be the fall guy for this. And here's why. It wasn't just marketing and going out of bounds. It wasn't the fact that the, the third and one quick slant to Callaway was, was bad. Like you alluded to in your own open. Like the Saints had multiple times to win this ball game held. Even on the defensive side of football. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like even on that game winning drive, if you catch an interception that hits you right in your hand, the game and don't open. commit the pass interference. Don't commit the person don't, commit, don't, don't commit the PI that got Mike Adams in the, in the box like like I, so there, there's so many different ways you guys could have won this ball game um and I I I'm a reference a, a game and you don't know where I'm going with this but this reminds me of the perfect storm like it had to be when the New England Patriots came back and beat the Atlanta Falcons. Everything that could go wrong for the Saints went wrong. And there was nobody there to kind of essentially stop the bleeding. Hell, the the, the pass that Andy Dalton threw in third and 16 that just so happened to land into Taysom Hill's hand that he just so happened to drop. What?
1: No, I mean... I, I, it was
0: like it, it 10 different like again I, again, I I don't wanna kick a man while he's down, but at the end of the day, like that that, that whole game baffled me. Um and again, I guess it's a microcosm uh, of the same season. Um, but again, this is a team that you have routinely beat. Um and I guess yesterday was the day you decide to find a way To lose the game because if there was a way for you guys to lose it, you you did it two times over.
2: Okay, Barry, any thoughts on this before we, uh, before we switch off
3: of that? Yeah, I mean, on defense, the, the Saints just don't have the horses on the outside to contend. I think I felt like they, I don't know if they want to say they let their foot off the gas. But they kind of just let Tom Brady kind of pick them apart those last couple of drives, and, you know, they, it was uncharacteristic of what they've done the whole game of really being physical and on the outside and really, you know, giving up uh, in, in his space. So, but, you know, Tom Brady, 6-6, six and six, uh, he's going to host a playoff game, um, possibly against the Cowboys, um, who knows. But, I mean, if they play like this where – they kind of are hanging around, hanging around, and then you leave it up to Tom Brady in the fourth quarter, one drive or two drives to kind of win the game. They could steal the game in two in the playoffs. So it's they're not a dangerous team in the fact that they can make it to the Super Bowl, but they're a dangerous team because Tom Brady can pick you apart in the fourth quarter, and that's a scary proposition for any team they, that they face.
2: We got about five minutes or so, I guess, before we got to set the shot. But well, we got a lot tonight. to talk so- about, Mike. I, I I know I'm trying to get everything crammed in. Like you didn't tell me we could go 90 yet, so I I uh. Yeah, listen, it's up to you,
3: man. I mean, um, you know, I listen. I I want to call with my wife. I love her, um, but I I want to talk about Odell Beckham. I want to talk about the 49ers. So you know, we can go until
2: overtime. How about that? Okay, let, let's at least go to overtime and see where we get. I there's there's another topic I want to hit first before we go into that, knowing that we got a little bit more time. Uh, to me, the marquee matchup in the National Football League this past Sunday was the rematch of the AFC Championship game between mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, interesting football game there. I got a chance to sit down and, and really watch a good bit of that. Uh, before I give my thoughts, let me toss that, uh, let me toss that around the kitchen. Uh, I'm going to start with you on this one, Villain. Uh, mm-hmm. Your thoughts on that Cincinnati-Kansas City game. And uh, your impressions from from what went down this past Sunday? Um,
3: the the Chiefs do not match up well defensively against the Bengals, and and that's that's easy to say because a lot of teams don't, right? But the Bengals, man, they got Jamar Chase is that dude, and then you got T Higgins on the other side, and then you got a slot. In Boyd that could be a lot of teams too And then you got Mixon in the backfield and all All like kind of Put together by Joe Burrow, who early In the season was making throws that was Uncharacteristic of the vet Um just still a, a line From MF Duke um shout out To the real Super Bowl but I mean Like he was making throws that you Were kind of like why is he making that throw Into coverage and now mm-hmm. he's like Oh, making easy throws. Like, are oh, you gonna double you're gonna single cover or single high on on, on uh on Boyd or you gonna single high on Chase? I'll throw it to him. Are oh, you gonna double team them? Oh, I'll come right over underneath on the middle. Like he's just picking you apart. Like any defense you can figure out. And um the Chiefs just don't have anybody to match up with them. And they don't have a pass rush too. That was kinda of one thing that Was bothering like now. Give the the Bengals credit; they addressed a big issue in the off season that they they couldn't keep Burrow upright. He got sacked the most in playoff history last year, right? And he's to the Super Bowl now. They got a a better offensive line and keeping him upright, but. Cincinnati is dangerous. They're not going away. Everybody said this was a two-horse uh, race, and then you had some good teams behind them. That everybody knew that the Bengals were good and the Dolphins were good, et cetera, et cetera. But the Bengals, man, they put putting people on notice. We can go and we can beat anybody we want. They, it was a good football game. It was entertaining to watch. But the takeaway for me is that the Bengals, they are going to be a problem.
2: All right, serious, I know that team is in your division, and these are both uh, AFC teams. This is a marquee matchup in the AFC this past weekend. Uh, before I give my thoughts mm-hmm. on that, I'm going to go to you, my guy, and uh, hear what you have to say about this uh, matchup with the Chiefs and Bengals this past weekend.
0: You know, there there, there are teams that tend to be bad matchups for, for all of us and that teams that just mm. don't give a flying you-know-what um, and the Bengals and Chiefs are kind of morphing themselves into a, a, a classic um, right in front of our faces, you know. Um, people want to anoint the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs as, as as that, and, I, I again, I, I can't because it hasn't been done in the playoffs. You know, when it comes to playoff time, the Kansas City Chiefs seem to always get the better hand in the Buffalo Bills. But the Cincinnati Bengals team – they're here. They're not they, – they don't care. And they match up mm-hmm. significantly well versus Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch much of that game because I was preoccupied, um, you know, with, 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 with something at, during the afternoon window. But I did check you all 22. Um, they're a match problem. They ran the ball down their throats. Samajay so P. Ryan had over 100 some yards of total offense getting jamar chase back just as another weapon higgins is that dude joe burrow is him i i, I it, it pains me to say this joe burrow it's him. <coughs> that boy is him that boy's nasty so um i think i think this is a this is this is a matchup that we're going to see come post season um because i don't think the baltimore ravens hold on to the afg north crown just so another day but um Again. Joe Burrow is him. And I I, I, I I it's gonna
2: be fun to watch. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. Jamal Chase, uh Barry, you said he's that guy. Uh New Orleans finest, Les brulee. I'll give that to you one more time before we tonight. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Listen, uh, but listen, getting it done. Uh, you know, he's back and we talked about the continued um rapport that he's built with Higgins. And now when Mixon is not, is not there for whatever reason, uh, Samaj P. Ryan is uh, doing a nice job for that team uh, out of the backfield as well. right? So uh, this is a team – I think Burrow is still in the top two or three in the league as far as sacks. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's not quite as bad yeah, yeah. at times as it was last year. But you look at the beginning of the season, like he had the appendix thing or whatever was going on. He had like an emergency towards the end of um, training camp. He was not at full strength in that first Pittsburgh game to start the season. Took him a little while to get going. Uh, there are a lot of people, especially coming out of um, Kansas City and Buffalo, that when they talked about Cincinnati, kept saying, well, I don't believe you. you got to show me. you got to do it for another year. Um, this Cincinnati team is a matchup problem. Across the board for anybody Uh, Just like any other team Like there's still things that they can Continue to address they can get a little bit better Defensively Uh, they can probably Still make some improvements to that line But like the skilled position players um, Listen You talk about the next wave Of quarterbacks in this league And and everybody's talked about Mahomes And Josh Allen but you got to put Joe Burrow um, In that same Like in that in that same category uh with those same guys, another guy uh thank you for what you did at l s u Joe burrow much appreciate you uh listen this is a uh this is a team that has staying power, and like i said i I think when you talk about stars in this league at the quarterback position, when you mention Mahomes, who I still think is the best quarterback in the league right now. he can make throws that others can't um and just as an example uh as much as we talk about what Cincinnati proves, if Marquez uh, Valdez Scantling catches that touchdown pass, uh, Kansas City may find a way to win this game. Right, so uh, they're right there, and this is going to be compelling football in the in the playoffs, and that number one seed is going to be huge, I think, in this bracket because mm-hmm. whoever gets that number one seed uh, may end up avoiding either since. Uh, Cincinnati or Buffalo or Kansas city, whichever one of those three teams get that number one seed, they may end up avoiding the other two and, and get to wait on those, on who uh, wins that. You know, Cincinnati got that luxury last year because the Titans got the number one seed. So they went in and beat them and they got to wait on the winner of, uh, of Kansas city and Buffalo. We, we remember what kind of epic game that was uh, in the post season. So, uh, Listen, I think Cincinnati has has shown you that last year may not be a fluke, and they're still going to have something to say and be heard from. And with that continued uh, improved chemistry with Higgins, like this team kept their head above water. I think went four and one while Chase was out, um, and then now you get your most explosive piece back on that on that offense. Cincinnati is going to be heard from and be a problem. Um, that was a that was a good football game, and it was uh, it was fun to watch. Um, so, the San Francisco 49ers, let's go there. Let's let's just jump over to the West Coast. Uh, I know you said you wanted to hit Beckham, so we'll do that next. Uh, the 49ers, man, like coming off the bye really built some momentum. Um, they have all the weapons, but now you lost your second quarterback. You got to go with Mr. Irrelevant and Brock Purdy, the rookie, out of uh, – Iowa State, we know what kind of defense they have. We know what kind of weapons they have on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, now you've got a young quarterback to try to break in. Um, so your thoughts on the 49ers? I'm going to start with – I think I did Barry last time. So I'm going to start with uh, Sirius on this one. Um, <clears throat> Sirius, your thoughts on the 49ers and, and their prospects and what they're looking at right now.
0: You know, as long as you're able to, to play defense like that, um, and control the line of scrimmage, you can have Brock Purdy manage the ball game. There were a lot of rumbling about the possibility of Baker Mayfield landing there. Um, there are a bunch of other quarterbacks that uh, could potentially, you know, been free agents that the possibly land there. I, you know, Cam Newton came, came up. Um you know, a couple other quarterbacks. But honestly, at the end of the day, when you have an offensive scheme like like, like like Kyle Shanahan does and you have a defense that is getting after, let, let, let's not make no bones about it. The the San Francisco 49ers have the best defense in football, okay? And mm-hmm. you have the ability to take over games with that defense. All you have to do is not mess it up. Now, is he going to have to make some throws down the stretch? Yeah, he's going to make some throws. Um, but the thing is, he doesn't know what he, he doesn't know what to fear yet. He doesn't, he, he doesn't have the fear, he, you know. So he's going he, he's going let the thing rip. Um, because he knows that his defense, you know, has his back. Um, you have playmakers on the outside, you know, and Debo and Iu and Kittle. You've got a stable full of running backs, uh, Christian McCaffrey and, you know, and and, and company. Um, I I think the 49ers are going to be all right. People trying to, you know, write doom and gloom to the 49ers that haven't really watched football. They managed to get themselves to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo under-throwing, skipping passes, and throwing passes to the wrong color team uh, uniform time and time again. I think they can manage to scheme up some stuff there. Keep this guy um, in the game and not manage to 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 mess up their chances a little bit. They got a tough one this week against uh, Tom Brady and the and the Buccaneers, but again, their defense is the best in football. I don't think they'll be that big of a All right,
2: villain uh, before I give my thoughts on this, uh, your thoughts on San Francisco right now?
0: Yeah, I mean they're probably one of the more
3: talented teams in the in the in the the league, but they just have. They're on their third string quarterback. Let's be honest, right? They're on their third string quarterback, so they couldn't be any more, you know, snake bitten and have some bad luck. Um, the good news is that it's not a Les Frank injury for uh, Garoppolo. He might be able to come back sometime in the playoffs. That would be huge uh, if they can weather that storm. I think people, you know, think Purdy, you know, made some plays, made some good throws, showed some moxie, showed some toughness, blah blah blah. But once they got tape on you, once they see you, then it's a wrap, right? Like, you know, serious knows. Like, once people started getting tape on, on Pickett, you know, it started to come back down to earth. Like Matt White, once people started to get taped on him, started to come back down to earth. So they're going to have something to game plan for a whole week against Purdy. Let's see how he responds next week. Um I, I I don't know. They're only one game up on the, the Seahawks right now. It's going to be tough to hold them off because Geno and the Seahawks are coming. They're, they're a solid team. So they got enough talent. Um, this is why you put all that talent around the quarterback because you're trying to make up for the fact that you don't have an elite quarterback or you got a really young quarterback in Trey Lance. So uh, hopefully Purdy can come in Mr. Irrelevant and, and, and weather the storm. But it's like it's that path for these for the Eagles and the Cowboys Just got a a little bit easier with the 49ers now on their 1st string
2: quarterback So I'm gonna hit a couple different things in here Brock Purdy is maybe one of the most decorated quarterbacks in Iowa State history as far as just as a pure passer Um, Probably the Mm -hmm. best thing that they've had under center since Seneca Wallace Uh, For those that remember him Uh, So But a pure passer Led this team to to several wins uh, With Brock Purdy Under center a few times in in college That Iowa State team did uh, Punch above their weight class Now they lost a couple games uh, Late in season that they may shouldn't have lost but uh, they beat Oklahoma. They beat a highly ranked TCU team. They they beat a few teams that were ranked ahead of them, but they had no business beating uh, over Purdy's tenure in uh, Ames at Iowa State University as a Cyclone. So uh, he does have some skill, right? So uh, let's say that um, I would probably say more skill than a lot of guys that are drafted in the seventh round. Now, that being said, uh he's obviously – he didn't check all the boxes or that many boxes because otherwise he might have been a day one or day two pick um, at the quarterback position. So, you know, listen, we, we've all talked about how good of a game planner Kyle Shanahan is and how good of a system he is. This is your chance once again, uh, whether you want to or not, to have to prove it. And maybe you – really figure out what throws this kid makes best and try to, you know, game plan around some of that. Uh, Maybe try to simplify some of the reads. does have the skill position players, as you said. I echo everything said about that defense just being the best defense in the league with all the weapons on offense. Uh, If you can manage the game and not turn the ball over and mess it up. And let's be honest, man. like um, We can talk about his playoff record and all the different things that he's done. Um, but Jimmy G was a game manager. Uh he made a few throws here and there, but Jimmy G was a was a game manager at the quarterback position. With all due respect, one thing for Brock, uh Purdy that at least is to his advantage. You're not trying to replace Tom Brady or Pat Mahomes or even Joe Burrow or Ben Rossesberger or you're you're not trying to replace a Peyton Manning or a Drew Brees, a guy that, you know, is a prolific, prolific passer. So, uh, you know, it, it's not like you're uh, jumping in and trying to reach a bar that's way beyond anything that you could ever reach. You got, once again, you got a quarterback drafted from a small school who just happened to develop in the system. And that's no respect to Jimmy. That's no disrespect meant to Jimmy G. Uh, but you know, it, it's just going to come down to can this kid manage the game, and can he not turn the ball over and not. Uh, let any moment get too big for him uh, But you just hit on it Barry like the team that's kind Of licking their chops a little bit after this Is the Seattle Seahawks now they don't have Quite as complete of a team uh, But Medcalf's playing pretty well you got Lockett you got a receiving core Walker's a good Running back uh, that defense is Not nearly what San Francisco's is um, But they should be Offensively uh, You know if Geno can continue his trend They should be able to put up points so uh, the Seattle team is is a team that that has to be saying, Okay, maybe we have a fighting chance in this division now and somehow we can find a way to uh to eke this thing out. So uh it'll be interesting to see um how that unfolds. So uh Barry, you mentioned that you wanted to talk about Odell Beckham, so I'm gonna let you go wherever you want to with that. And uh, and then just pass it to Sirius and let's uh, let's talk about OBJ a little bit. Another LSU Tiger. Yeah, I mean, uh, it sounds like
3: you know he's made his he's making his rounds, but uh, the Cowboys don't think he's ready. Uh, they don't think he he his physical came out the way that they had hoped that he might not be ready to contribute until January. Um, I I kind of said if he's not ready to play, don't play because you're just you're putting not only yourself in jeopardy after two knee injuries. But um, you're gonna hurt your money as well. Like, you know, the best thing you could do is come off that Super Bowl, um, Super Bowl appearance where you look like you were almost all the way back, and you can keep building on that. Not let come back, have another injury, another setback, or don't look the same, and then your money gets tight. So, um, I hope he he you know does the smart thing. But you know, if he can't contribute, you're paying for next year. And I don't know if these contenders are wanting to pay for next year. They want to win now. So um, that I mean, that's kind of what I saw, you know, coming through today. I don't know, if you're
2: serious or who you guys think about it. Uh, so real quick before I give it to you, serious, I told you guys in our chat that we have going on that at best he was going to be ready December, and it could be a little later. And all you guys said, well, it looks like he could be ready as soon as in November. And I'm like, yeah, we'll see once he starts getting close to time. Uh, coming off that knee injury, he's not getting—he's uh, not getting younger. Your thoughts, serious on uh, Odell Beckham?
0: You know, honestly, at the end of the day, I think that if he's smart, he'll take the whole year we have and come back next year. Because again, hmm. I agree. I agree with is saying the last thing you want to do, really, is force yourself back off of that. Big of an injury. Like it was an ACL and PCL. Like At the end of the day, like, they mm-hmm. had to go in there and build his whole knee back mm-hmm. up. And so less than a calendar year after after that, you want to come back down and play and play football. I, I know you want to scratch the proverbial itch. I know you like the fact that you were on literally a NFL slash college recruitment tour. Um, and you got a bunch of teams that want you, you know, that that, that really does well for an ego. But ultimately, at the end of the day, um, it's about making sure that you are in the best help and the best physical shape to be a father and a spouse. You just had a child, you know. That child's going to want to run around and play um, with their dad. I forget if it was a girl or a boy, but that child wants to run around and play with their dad. You can't do that if you're doing rehab. You can't do that if, you're, if you can't, if you you know, walk because you want it so badly. You know, there are zillion other jobs out here in the NFL that you can have. I would love to see you on Thursday night Football next to Sherman. That's comical. That, that, that would be comical. I would love to see you play some of these NFL telecasters. I mean, you know the game. You have a personality for that. And maybe that's something that you dive into, but I really don't want to see him be cut off
2: yet again. Take take your time, my guy. Take your time. Well, at the end of the day, this is a guy whose game is predicated on speed and explosiveness. This isn't a physical body-you-up type receiver who, you know, just uh, doesn't rely on speed to – to really help him uh, do what he does on the football field. So uh, I think it's, it's important for OBJ to get healthy before he tries to come back and do this. And, you know, like you guys have said, if it means taking another year, uh, then let's do that quick run around the league. Uh, Jets lost the Vikings. are able to uh, stay in good shape there. Uh, I mentioned CP with his team not having to punt this weekend. Um, that team plays well uh green bay takes care of chicago the the afc west really took it on the chin uh chargers are people hoping that was going to be your playoff team they drop a game this past weekend um the afc east minus uh minus buffalo took it on the chin um as well this past weekend and um uh, the north did uh you know, did, did did all right. The AFC North did all right this past weekend. Um, looking across the NFC, we had the tie. Uh, Philly and Dallas kind of did their thing. That Dallas game was, was close until the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden, I mean, it, it, they just – I think they just scored again. Um, and then <laughs> – <you, laughs> I mean, listen, um, so you look around the league. I think we – you know, Seattle gets the win over the uh, – gets the win over the Rams this past weekend. Uh, we had a Cam Akers sighting though, and he looked pretty good. So I think we've kind of a little bit hit everything that went on in the National Football League. We've kind of hit the college thing a little bit. Um, obviously, we're going to have some bowl games and other things to talk about as we come a little bit closer. Uh, but as we get ready to do closeouts and everything else, are there any other topics that uh, related to the NFL that either one of you chefs would like to uh, – you know, slap on the plate real quick before we get off here.
3: Nah, the villain's good. Like, listen, come in tomorrow. Uh, wh- listen to the, um, to the college cafe. Cause you know, I am getting really fed up with this slander going against, um, coach prime, you Sanders taking the job at Colorado. The villain's got some stuff to say. And I don't care if you don't like it or not, you know, listen
2: to it. So, but you know, good show. Yeah. It- that That's the other topic I thought about uh, I'll bring it up tonight So uh, you and I both will have uh, Comments on that I will tell you my, my, The one thing that I will say is I think there's two sides to this And I don't think either side is necessarily Wrong until we start Slandering the individual And then I think that's where I, I think it's going to be a very colorful discussion On the callers cookout uh, Tomorrow night um, So what I'm going to do then is we're going to handle these closeouts real quick, so I'm going to come to you first, uh, Mr. Simmons. Uh, give me a plug, to close out. Uh anything you'd like to say before closing the doors here at the NFL Free For All.
0: You know what? I want to, first of all, tip my cap to you, Mr. Harvest. You did a wonderful job hosting this evening, man. You know, it, 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 it's always fun, you know, being on the other side from time to time. So thank you so much for holding it down. Hopefully my computer will be back. Uh, to me, uh, later on this weekend, I'll be able to to run the ones and twos uh, on next week's show. With that being said, man, it's such a pleasure being here talking ball with you guys. More than I'll be back in the building tomorrow to do the same thing. I will say this, and Barry alluded to it as as, as you know as he was done. So I'm gonna say this and leave the rest for tomorrow. To my brothers and sisters who were throwing hatred shade. Um, anything of that sort at Coach Prime uh, for for taking the Colorado State job, shame on you. Um, In the coaching business, again, Prime's alluded to it, you know, in his press conference. In the coaching business, you either promote it or you're you're elevated or or you're terminated. And he now has a platform to invoke change. And we as a community are so narrow-minded sometimes that we don't see outside of our front of our faces. So I'll leave you guys with that, man. Coach Prime, um, you know the transfer portal is insane right now. He's um, bringing some dogs with him, and I said this in another chat that I'm a part of. And what shocked me is in a year's time frame that Colorado State is sniffing at college football playoff. Because, okay, so University again, of Colorado, we, you,
2: not Colorado State. So that, yeah, let's get that yeah, so right, Colorado
0: is it, it, sniffing at a playoff. Because when you bring that type of talent with you,
1: um, you you put you this put on the field.
0: So I'll leave you with that. We'll talk about it at least tomorrow. Shout out to all you gentlemen. I will catch you guys then.
2: All right, uh, so this time you get to go first. uh Barry, so whatever you, whatever you leave me, I'll make sure to pick up uh, the pieces as we get ready to clean up. Uh, but uh, give me a plug, close out anything you got here before we shut the doors at the NFL free for all, okay?
3: No, listen, uh, great show. Love doing the show with you. You did a great job, Mike. Um, serious, thanks for for stopping through. Like I said, I call us cookout tomorrow. Be sure to watch. We're going to lead off with this Dion stuff because I'm disappointed in my brothers and sisters here, uh, my black people. Um, it's disgusting what you guys are doing to this man. Um, you should be ashamed of yourself. Um, but we'll get into it. Um, you know, listen, Mike's got another show. He's doing the Hot Stove. Um, you know, with, with Chandler Knight. So make sure you uh, listen to that. Um, you know, that shows all week. Get to the website, do the thing, Mike. You know what to do,
2: man. Get us out of here. You know, I don't need to. I don't need to talk no more. <laughs> Hey, man, appreciate you guys being by uh, No matter who hosts, man, we've got to have the chefs alongside to produce the content. So uh, much love and appreciation to both of you guys, man. SportsCityChefs.com, check out the blog's website, phiapparel.co, use the code CHEFS. Uh, check out now you got Tywin Walker and Trey Turner, so I bet you there's going to be some Walker stuff coming soon. Um, as well, for all your Philly fans and the Eagles are still rocking it, man, Barbershop on Clubhouse, man, continue to grow, be part of what we do there. And then um on Sunday mornings, man, we have the time of Sunday morning brunch with uh the big homie T P and myself where we recap anything that happened over the weekend and we set the table for that week's uh action in the around the league in the NFL. Uh listen, this weekend man is uh it, it's kinda crazy because now we got the extra week since we have eighteen so week fourteen is the last week of most fantasy football regular seasons, and just to add a little bit of extra um, complication to that, six teams are on by as you try to make your playoffs. So you play fantasy uh, football, make sure you take a look at your rosters. Don't get caught napping. uh, And make sure you do whatever you need to on waiver wires, man, because uh, that's coming up. Uh, So keep an eye out for that. Uh, Most regular seasons end, so for any of you guys out there, Uh, from my fellow chefs and any guys out there in the the fantasy world. I hope y'all make the playoffs as long as you don't keep me out of them. Uh, And then, listen, man, uh, good week around the league. The one thing that I will say on Coach Prime right now, and we'll hit this again tomorrow, uh, he talked about multiple D1 coaches on the SBS level, black coaches being fired, and not other guys being hired to take those spots. And so, he His comment was, if they're not going to give it to other black men and other deserving black men, then I feel like when this opportunity comes up for me, I have to take it. So uh, just something to chew on uh, as we break that down more tomorrow night on the cookout, man. But listen, uh, as we always say, uh, you know, it, it's funny. My Saints are 4-9. My Tigers are 9-4. Uh, so, you know, my teams are 500 this year. Georgia just disrespected those guys early on, man. Anybody that saw it, go watch Jaden Carter. He had a sack of Jaden Daniels where he picked him up with one hand and before he brought him down to the turf, was holding up number one uh, with his other hand. Just downright disrespectful uh, as far as what happened. And then Georgia, just to kind of rub a little salt in the wound, uh, they score a touchdown to go up 48-23, and they go for two just to try to hang up 50 um, against LSU since they had not in an SEC title game. So I know LSU put it on them a few years ago. I think that uh, Brian Kelly and those guys will remember that. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, we can give something back to them in, in, um, in future years, man. But once again, tomorrow night, the cookout and Thursday, Chandler and I are going to do a hot stuff show at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, so come on, check that out, and remember, you can listen to us on any of your, uh, you can subscribe to the podcast, you can listen to us on any of your smart speaker devices, just ask it to play Sports City Chefs, the latest episode will come out, it'll even tell you the number. so if you want to hear the previous show, just tell it to play Sports City Chefs and uh, the number before it or whatever, and so you can listen to us coming live into your home uh, at any time, so uh listen, it, it takes people subscribing and continuing to listen to us, uh, for us to continue to bring content. So, uh thank you for anybody out there in Sports City for uh supporting us and what we do. Uh it's a pleasure and a privilege and a blessing for all of us to bring that to you. So uh as as we say in the South man, laissez les roulés. That's what we say coming out of Louisiana. Let those good times roll and uh just because it's how we close every show, in the words of the big homie TP, Tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. We out. Sports
1: City, Sports City, chefs. Chefs, Sports City, Sports City, chefs. Chefs, Sports City, Sports City, chefs. Chefs, Sports City, Sports City. Chefs, chefs. Sports City, Sports City chefs. Kaboom, Sports City chefs in the room. Cooking up hot topics to put up on the spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman verse MSU on the clouds loom. So tell a friend, it's the Sports City. Pay attention, tune in, we on to set again. Sports City, Sports City, Shep, chef, chef, Sports City, Sports City, chef, chef. Yeah. Cabin. Touch. <laughs> Woo! Connecticut.